and we are live. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to the Project X podcast. I am Alan Smith. I am Big Dave. That's right, and we're here with a new episode. And quite honestly, we don't have a... I wouldn't say we don't have a direction on this. We have a, we have a subject, but we don't really have an outline or a... We, we're getting from point A to point B, and we don't know how we're getting there. I guess we're improving this one is what it comes down to, and that, which is perfect. It's just, a, it's just a conversation yeah, between but, friends. But you know, saying that you know, we're getting from point A to point B without a roadmap is perfect for this because we're talking about music. Music. <laughs> so, Which music for Dave and I is, is something that's very dear to both of music our hearts. Music is life. Yeah. And uh, this particular discussion of music is discovering music for the first time. And by that, I mean, we mean that discovering certain acts for the first time, even though they had been around longer than we'd been alive, you know, type stuff in some ways. I mean, every every musical journey has to start somewhere. Exactly. And every person discovers what's come before in different ways. Okay, let's let's start with what we were talking about before, What, what actually spurred this this episode we were talking about Iggy Pop Iggy Pop yes uh, actually we, actually we started with the B52s yeah uh, which we can come back to them because i have a story on okay. them yeah and then and then it went to the Iggy Pop of like you know was it Kate or was it Cindy that, that sang on Candy i was like no it was Kate Pearson that, that sang on that and yeah and i was telling dave that that was where i discovered Iggy Pop i knew who he was but i didn't know that I knew his work. I knew I, later on I discovered, oh, actually I do know some of his stuff. Yeah. I just didn't know it at that point, but Candy, the song Candy uh featuring Kate Pearson, it's a duet from the B52s. Yeah, and that's early 90s, like 90, 91, somewhere around Sounds in there. Right, yeah. yeah, and I discovered it because I was watching MTV and it came on. Yes, kids, MTV, yeah, MTV used, used to, to show, play and, music. And I discovered a lot of music uh, I talked that, that's, about that's, I talked about seeing the replacements, the uh, Bastards yeah. of Young video years before I I really knew who they were, but that's, that's staying in my head. That's so. how we used to all discover new music was that watching the MTV. Well, and yeah. the radio, but yeah. the radio was very regionalized still at that point. It's true. It's true. Um, Which I actually miss quite <laughs> yeah, a bit sometimes. Uh, so yeah, that was my first introduction to Iggy Pop was through that song. And it's a great song, but it's not his normal stuff. No, it's totally not. And, and that was all, what is the name? We were trying to, I was trying to figure out the name of that album because it also has a song, Butt Town, on it, which I remember <laughs> that song also because that was a second release. Hold on, I'm, I'm going to try And to I remember like... Talk, magic Witch Box here, hold on. I remember talking to my cousins about that. Oh my God. Sorry, I just... Evidently, Tool's on Spotify now. Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. All their stuff's on digital now. It hasn't been ever. I, I've evidently So, hey, there you so go. I, By the time this episode comes out, that's going to be completely old news. But <laughs> but I'm, like, freaking out because I know what I'm doing the rest of the night well, once we go. get through. There you um, go. So, go so anyways, uh, the name of the song, I can, I can see the... I can see... I'm looking. I can see the album cover. It's blue, and it's got someone's face, like, right in the... Like, it's a cartoon. So whenever you find that, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. It's something something I keep want to say stranger in this town, but I know that's not the name of it. That sounds actually right. Um, I don't. I'm I can't. looking. He's evidently put out a new one. Oh wow! Um, Maybe we're going to discover some more Iggy Pop while we're talking about this. James Bond is oh. the name of the album. The new one. 
Oh, it's I'm, just a single. I was going to say, yeah, that's not the... That's it's, not the it's uh, just a single. <laughs> uh, I just clicked on it. It's a single. Okay. Dang it. Where is Essential 77 Worship Pieces? Here we go. I can tell you here real quick. It was called Brick by Brick. That was the name of the album. Okay. Yes. See? See? That's what I was telling you. Yeah, See? The yeah blue. you found okay. it. You found brick it. Brick by Brick. It came out in 1992. Okay. So it was, it was, in, it was during the Alternative Nation segment of MTV. Uh, that's yeah. how I discovered Iggy Pop. So And I was talking about, you know, you knew him already. Well, it was during that period of time where all my friends of of my same age were going, "Ah, Bowie, David Bowie, we've discovered David Bowie." Yes, know, yes. They had discovered David Bowie and I was over in the corner going, "No, Iggy Pop, Iggy Pop." <laughs> it's like, "How could you not love a song called I Want to Be Your Dog?" Right, right. Well, now I love all that stuff, yeah. you know. You know, and but it was it was one of those, but I, punk rock at that time. Yeah, you know, when I was growing up in the eighties and you know in the late seventies and then all through the eighties, I I really listened to whatever was on the radio, <clears throat> and I was really into you know a lot of the hair metal and all that kind of stuff. And oh, so was I, but you know, and so so that goes into when I when when I was introduced to the Ramones. Okay, I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. And we were coming back from a football game, and I was sitting with one of the guys, and Ethan Hotchkiss was the kid's name. He was like a year behind me or something. Okay. And <laughs> this is in the days whenever you would have Walkmans, and you would, you would carry around like you know, oh, sets, yeah. you know? Yeah. And we were sitting there, and we were listening to, maybe it was our junior year, now that I think about it, because we had been because we had been listening to um, Faith No More's The Real Thing that album. Oh, good album. And I think which I think that came out in 90 if I'm not mistaken. So that would have probably been that might have been no, it would have been my junior year of high school. Anyway, that's beside the point. We were coming back from a football game, we're on, the, we're on the the school bus coming back to the school and he was like you were listening to it or whatever and he was like, "Hey man, you ever heard the Ramones?" I knew the name, but that's about it. Yeah. And then he was like, "Oh yeah," and they, and he started playing me the Ramones. I so I can't tell you what album it was or what cassette it was or it whatever. Was you probably know. Ramones Mania. It, I don't think it was Romania. Uh, Romania. I don't think it was Mania. Uh, I think it was uh, whichever one has because um, it had Susie as a headbanger on it. Yeah, you know, there's Sheena as a, as a punk rocker, but yeah. then in the '80s they did one that was Susie Susie as a, a headbanger because I remember that song specifically. Through that, like listening to that cassette that night, I wound up being like, "Okay, I need to check these guys out," you know, a little bit more. And then right around that time was also when Pet Cemetery came out, yeah. and that was on Brain Drain. I do remember yeah. that album. And so that was maybe that was the same album. Now that I think about it, might be. Here, anyway, here's here's a funny story. You we know, are not doing any research on this. <laughs> no, this, this is all this is all off yeah. the cuff. So again, I was. 15 years behind on them, basically, is what it came down to. You want to know how I discovered the Ramones? Hmm. USA Up All Night. Okay. Just rock and Roll High School? Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> yes. I was like, I could give a crap about this movie or any of the rest of yeah. the stuff. I just want to listen to the band. I like how they had the uh, the, the kid. The one kid had the uh, the stereo, yeah. and it was like set, and it was like, it was like, one through ten, and then it was Ramones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> this one goes to eleven. Yeah, yeah. That's before we really knew about this one goes to eleven oh, yeah. and all that. Uh, so yeah, that's one of the my. I mean, literally, like 
the Ramones are like in my top three favorite bands of yeah. all time. Might be number two depending on the day, you know, no, kind of I thing. Get that, yeah. And so it's it's one of those that that was the first time I had my eyes open to like, oh, punk rock isn't quite the scary thing that it was made out to be for so long. Well, punk now rock, there is some of it that punk that, rock was never really scary for no, me. It was you know, um, what irritated me is that everybody was like ah sex pistols and i'm like those guys suck <laughs> they i i'm sorry yes they kind of did I, I i was never a big sex pistols fan mm-hmm. in fact i i was more likely to listen to public image limited yes mm-hmm. when john lydell um lyden yeah. lyden sorry yeah. johnny rotten johnny, johnny rotten <laughs> yeah who, who's still a insufferable? Yes, absolutely. I agree yeah. with that. Even at his advanced age, I uh, he he a little bit of him goes a long way for me. Well, what what you you were talking about earlier that you would love a chance? I even. would love a chance to sock him right in the face. I admit that, and I, I know that's kind of blasphemy for some people, but he is just so insufferable. Well, he would probably give you a thumbs he up probably for would. it because I, that's I don't know. How, how punk rock is that to walk up and it's punch true. him? I guess so, so. And I will say icon because I mean he is. He, I'm he not. And I'm not denying that. I yeah. am not denying any of that. It's just, he's just, there are several artists, musicians, whatever you want to call them, that yeah. I like that I know I could not be in the same room with. Oh, yeah. For very long at all. Don Bono. <laughs> <laughs> I am a huge U2 fan. No, you have no idea how big of a U2, U2 fan this guy <laughs> but is. But I know that I could not be in the same room with him for very long. So, <laughs> Oh, coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who else? Because uh, like, I have some funny well, stories. Let me, let me uh, ask you this. Did you have somebody in your life that was kind of like the person who would slip you music and go here you should check yes. this out here, my you cousin check this out my cousin john who is the same age as me okay he um i mean like there's a month difference in our age roughly sure. give or take you know a couple couple days and somehow he was always kind of on the forefront of certain things like no joke one day in 86 in the summer of 86, they came down. They lived in a difference. They lived in Greenbrier, which, if you know the area, is a little north ways of, from here. It's north of, it's north of Nashville. It's, it's, closer, it's closer to Kentucky than it is to here. Let's no, it actually, that way. it's south of where I'm living at now, and I'm only 30 minutes from here. Well, anyway, it's further It's further north. It's, it's close. It's, yeah. It's a rural area outside it of really North kind Nashville. Of is. But they would, you know, especially during the summer, there, there was a, he was the oldest and he had a, a younger sister and a younger brother and they would come down and we'd always, since we were little kids, you know, always played together, you know, just really close. Yeah. When we got to be teenagers, somehow he kept finding these bands that like became, and quite honestly, icons in my life. Okay. Yeah. The first one being in the summer of 86, sometime closer to when school was getting ready to start back in. He comes in, he's like, I've got this band you need to hear. I'm like, okay. And he pops it in and starts playing the cassette because these are in the days of the cassettes. It was Master of Puppets. Ooh. Good album, but not my favorite. Well, yeah, but it's one of those things where that was my entry point to Metallica. Yeah. And for the next decade or so, Metallica was my, ah, you know, for the most part. Then 
So the you, next year, okay, I take that back. It was in '87 because it had been out for a little bit. Okay, yeah. The next year, in that next summer of '88, he comes in and he was like, "Hey, have you heard of Guns N' Roses?" And I was like, "Yeah, oh. I've heard that. I heard like one of their songs at that. I think it was like because most people forget that they released Welcome to the Jungle." Yeah. And it didn't do very well. And then they released Sweet Child of Mine. Yep. And then they released Welcome to the Jungle again. Yeah. So Sweet Child of Mine is what blew the album yeah. up. Well, that's what got it started. The song that really sent them into the stratosphere was Paradise City. Yes. That was the song. It was the third single that was released off of it. And video that was a live just, concert video. That sent them through the roof like you would believe. Anyway, so yeah. But all I had heard was that one song. Sure. So we listen to it because that's Welcome to the Jungle is the first song on the album. Okay, cool. Yeah. Second song on the album is It's So Easy. Oh, yeah. That to this day, I say, is one of the greatest rock and roll songs ever written. I mean, it, it's still one of those things where every once in a while I'm like, I just want to hear that song. That I mean, just Here, I, I've covered it in bands before. You know, I mean, just. And so it was one of those things that like, okay, this is two summers in a row. That he's come to my house and said, hey, you need to listen to this. Yeah. And I just became crazed for years afterwards on the game. What, what's funny, going back a little bit. So mm-hmm. Master of Puppets was your... Right. My entry into Metallica was actually Ride to Lightning. Okay. It was the album before. Yeah. And for... It's a great album. For so. Whom the Bells Toll and great Fade song. to Black were the two... You know, I'm sure you remember, but 20 years ago, whenever you would come over to the house and we'd play music, we usually yeah. would warm up with For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah, we would. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, that... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, so... <laughs> um, and you were talking about um, Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny, for somebody who's actually never really done drugs, my favorite... My, <laughs> Mr. My, Brownstone? <laughs> Mr. Brownstone, yeah. That, that for me, that was the rock oh, song off of that one. Well, you know, we probably, and, and I think we... we I said this in a, a previous episode. We really ought to do an episode just about Guns N' Roses because if you're our age, you remember the circus that oh, they were. Oh, yeah. If you're not our age, all you know is the songs off the radio. Yeah. You don't understand what a force of nature they were. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. In the 80s, there was this big, like, you know, oh, heavy metal's bad. It's blah, blah, blah. You know, in the heavy well, metal, that, well. Heavy metal had all gone to the the chick ballad. Right. I was getting ready to say, but, you know, people were like, come out like, oh, you know, heavy metal's satanic, you know, because Motley Crue had a pentagram on their, you know, shout out the devil album, you know, and not so. Slayer was all about yeah, yeah Well, I'm, but I'm, 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 that's getting heavier, though. I'm just talking about what most people. On you're, you're surface about, level, so you're talking about pop hair surface, band stuff. Surface level people like heavy metal's terrible, and they're they're talking about Quiet Riot, and they're talking about Motley Crue um, and Venom and, and Poison, and you know, and uh, Twisted and, Sister, Twisted Sister. You know, it's like okay, yeah, blah blah blah. When when Guns N' Roses came along in '86, that album was released in the fall of '87. They put the grit and the blues back. Right, into they were they were a lot more. They were the perfect. If you took the Sex Pistols, actually, more accurately, if you took the New York Dolls, yeah, there you go, and Aerosmith, '70s Aerosmith, '70s Aerosmith, okay, okay and jam them together. That is what you got from Guns N' Roses. Plus the fact that they had a guitar player who was a just 
from outer space. A guitar player that I don't think anybody has yet to see his eyes yet. And it's just so effortless for him to play on top of it all. And then you had a lead singer who was capable of starting riots. No, not capable. Did start riots. Did start riots at any given place. Yeah. And then... Complete ball of C4. You never knew when that bomb was going to go off. And then you just knew it was going to go off. You had a rhythm guitar player, a bass player, and a drummer that were notorious for getting into backstage fights with other bands. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, well, it was just... I mean, and we're Izzy, talking fist fights. Izzy not, wasn't even just the rhythm guitar player. Yeah. He was the primary songwriter exactly. for the group. And it was one of the... And he never said anything. No. He never said, you never saw him say a word, anything. But, again... He would, he would sit over in a corner with his sunglasses I and know. a bottle of Jack Daniels. And it was literally one of those things, if they came to town, <clears throat> there was a really good chance that there might be a riot that night. And... One of them might get arrested, and if would, not all of them. And you'd probably see them out after the shows in the bars. Yeah, so I mean, they were just a force of nature. You did not know what was going to happen with those guys. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And we haven't seen anything like that since then. No, there has been. No, I mean, that they there's been good music. I'm not saying that that was the last time because I I agree. There's been plenty of good music. Oh, there's been a lot of great then. music since. Yeah, then. But, but volatility. No, an actual rock and roll circus. I think they were probably the last rock stars, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, I mean don't got, get me wrong. I mean, going, going beyond them, there were people who came along who, like, I'm sorry, Scott Weiland was a rock star. Yeah. He was. I mean, that was, even the rest of the band didn't really care about being rock stars, but Scott Weiland was a rock star. Yeah. You know, which is funny because he actually played with some of the Guns N' Roses guys in Velvet Revolver. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which makes perfect sense. You know, and you get stuff like that. You know, Lane Staley was a rock star. Yes. Yeah, and and again, I, we're not saying that just because they were junkies, but it was just kind of that, you know, they, they just had that persona. They had the, the yeah. charisma. They Marilyn had the Manson. Persona. Marilyn Manson rock was star. a rock star, you know. But the thing is, a whole band that came out and was like, no, yeah. this is what we do. Screw you if you get in our way, and we're going to beat you down if you if you don't like they it. They were more of a street gang that Absolutely. played instruments Absolutely. than they were a band. And honestly, to this day, they if they could get Izzy, I wish they could get Izzy back. back. I know, but he's got his own thing. He's happy doing his. Well, own you know, thing. he's been out of them for over twenty five years. <laughs> so, anyways, when Guns N' Roses did their Not in This Lifetime tour a few years ago, was it went twenty sixteen when they still went still going on? Isn't it? Well, uh, well, they've you know actually they're talking about recording. You know, so now, Slash has already confirmed that they're yeah, recording. Anyway, so w- when they did that, Izzy, they they actually did reach out to Izzy, like, "Hey, man, why don't you come back and play with us?" And he was said, "No, yeah, I'm done with that. I quit this band 25 plus years ago, and I've I'm not coming. Yeah, I'm not. At that What's point, it's been 25 years since he is quit. Is he still got the the Juju think, Hounds? Uh, he's got his own. Like, I don't think he does the Juju Hounds any longer, but it's just Izzy straddling stuff. That's but you know, and, album, by the way. and you know, and the thing is, is that you know, when they did get back together after because. Again, they were just such a force that they imploded on themselves with ego and everything else. Oh, yeah. You know, they got Slash and Duff and, and Axel, but they did bring Steven Adler out on the road with them as well. It's just that he couldn't do a full tour because of his health. Right. So they brought him out, and he would come out and play two or three songs with them. So you actually had four-fifths of the original Guns N' Roses on stage, which I never thought I would ever see that again in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, that was like when I went to the the Motley Crue retirement concert. Right, and they had all four men. And I, I have been to see Motley Crue like I've six seen, times. I've seen Motley Crue twice, and I've never seen Tommy Lee with them either time. See, I've seen them six times, yeah. and that was the only time I've ever seen Tommy Lee with them. Hmm. 
it's always been another drummer. Yeah, I saw Randy Castillo play with them, and I saw Samantha Mahoney play with them. She was the best show. I think I was at that she, show yeah, with you. Yeah, she was really good. Like, she yeah. was really good. So, uh, but yeah, it's... I'm sorry, we got off on a tangent on Guns N' Roses. Well, the whole I know, thing but is... So... Anyways, you were going on... Yeah, you were going... Yeah. I forget what we were... We did the Metallica thing. Then you went to another... You went to another band. I'm trying to remember what it was. It was Guns N' Roses. Oh, but okay. There was a a third one that my cousin one day came to me and said, Hey... And this is when we were seniors in high school. I was a senior... Yeah, we were both seniors in high school. Yeah. And Nirvana had just kind of hit... Like smells like Teen Spirit had just yeah, yeah, yeah. just hit and it was building momentum, but it wasn't quite the phenomenon that it was yet. Yeah, but he had that out. He had that tape. The never mind, you know. And he came over one night. It was a Friday night. I remember. I don't remember why, but he came over. He wound up staying the night, and we legitimately stayed up all night listening to that thing over and over and over again and playing video games. Yeah, and that is one of those like. I remember like going out and buying it the next day because I was like, that was great. Well, it was a great, you know? people are going to hate me for this. Mm-hmm. They will hate me for this, but that was a great punk rock record. It was. I don't, yeah, I don't care. Anybody says that that is more punk than anything. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And I've said it plenty of times. We've talked about other, you know, that there was another band out of Seattle that should have been the biggest thing ever. Mud Honey. And then or, or Mother, Mother Love, Love Bone. Bone. Yeah. yeah, Mother Love Bone. But it's one of those things that Nirvana did break Seattle. Yeah. And the thing is, they broke for a reason because they that album is that good. Yeah. And it spoke to a generation. I mean, quite and honestly. What's, and what's funny is when that album broke, I hated that album. I hated every song I went back on and that f- album. I went back and forth on it for like the first year it was out. And then I finally just settled. I was like, no, this is actually really good. So, In fact, I think part of it was how popular it got. Oh, yeah. When it first came out. And I was just like. we were still at that age where if it was popular. Oh, it can't be good. You know, so. It's like, oh, no. It, you know, everybody was like, oh, Nirvana. And I was like, no, Nirvana sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he died. Yes. And I'm not going to get into debate on whether he committed suicide yeah, or whether was, Courtney Love actually did it to him. Right. Or somebody else. Or somebody else for that matter. So. Um. But it wasn't, I guess it wasn't until five or six years later after he had been gone. Right. And you go back and revisit. <clears throat> somebody yeah. had given me the tape. Yeah. And was like, here, listen to this. And I was like, no. And I just chunked it in my collection. I didn't even unwrap it. It was still in the mm-hmm. cellophane. And I was reaching for one tape and accidentally grabbed it. And I was like, oh, I forgot I had this thing. I need to mm-hmm. sell this thing. I was like. Yeah, all right, I'll listen to it and put it in. And then I started listening to it and right. kind of started getting, right. Right. You know, getting it. Right, yeah. So that's, you know, yeah, that was, I'm sorry, I, I know I've kind of, we're 20-some-odd minutes in, into this thing, and I've kind of dominated, but well, tell no, me somebody. So who was someone that you discovered so that, that? There were two ways that I discovered music. Okay. And the first one was my dad's little brother was always handing me tapes. In fact, one of his Christmas, I know I've talked about this in a previous episode, but one of his Christmas presents to me, some of you won't know what I'm talking about. Some of you will. TDK right. used, it was a cassette tape, you know, mm-hmm. where you can make. They also made videotape. They also yeah. made mm-hmm. videotape. Mm-hmm. But they sold like this huge, it, it was a box that was shaped like a cassette tape right. that came with multiple cassette tapes in it. And he went through his music collection and recorded me a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. 
and gave that whole box to me. And I'm talking stuff like Steely Dan, Jethro Tull. Uh, there was actually a radio broadcast of War of the Worlds. It oh, was nice. like a musical yeah. version yeah. of War of the Worlds that was really good. And another one that I remember is when Michael Jackson Thriller came out. Mm-hmm. He bought it for me. He goes, there's one song on this tape you need to listen to. And I go, which one? He goes, beat it. Okay. I was like, okay, why? He goes, because the guitar player on it is Eddie Van Halen, and you need to know Van Halen. <laughs> Fair enough. And that's yeah. how I discovered Van Halen. Right. Even though he had Van Halen yeah. tapes in that, that collection. Was your, that was your introduction. That was my yeah. introduction into Van Halen. The second way I discovered music is, you know, everybody rode the school bus. Mm-hmm. The school bus was a boombox war. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody had their con- their cassette player with the two big speakers right. on it. And everybody was, you know, everybody kept trying to get bigger and bigger boomboxes mm-hmm. so they could outpower everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it was a matter of who could play the best song and who would shout everybody else down, you know, turn that off. I want to listen to this. Turn mm-hmm. that off. I want to mm-hmm. listen to this. Th- and that's how you discovered a lot of new music, you know, that way. Um, that's really how I found out about Iggy Pop. Okay. Um, that's how I found out about a lot of the Robert Plant solo stuff, like oh, now, yeah. and Zen now and Zen, and, and yeah. some of the, mm-hmm. and it was one before that. And I can't Did remember the what honey it was. drippers, honey drippers. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Pink Floyd. Okay. I'm trying to remember how I discovered Pink. I, well, I know how a little radio station in Kentucky mm-hmm. was always playing, you know, another brick in a wall, another brick in a wall. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. So, okay, fine, I'll buy the wall, mm-hmm. which I had to sneak around and get. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like that one. And then. Wall's a good album. Somebody went, Oh, you like Pink Floyd? I was like, Yeah. They go, Here's a tape called Wish You Were Here. Oh, okay. Which is now like my favorite Pink Floyd album. Okay. And it just went back in, you know, then I started getting into the Sid Barrett stuff, you know, Adam Hart Mother and metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a huge Floyd fan. I, I can't help it. You, uh, you, you mentioned Michael Jackson's thriller. Yeah. Okay. Growing up, you know. Oh, that was my introduction to Paul McCartney. And wings. Okay, that was okay. Yeah, I, all that we're we're gonna we're gonna dovetail here into okay. some stuff. Okay, and I have some really funny yet embarrassing stories okay. that go along with all of this. Sure. And, I, and, and I'm sure you, you feel free to chime in if you had similar experiences. <laughs> yeah. Okay? okay. So growing up, yeah, I had zero control over the radio in the car. Okay, it was. Oh yeah. If my if my dad was driving. We were listening to country music. And here's the thing. Yeah. I hated it. At the time. I okay. Mind. Okay. Well, here's the thing. At the time, I hated it. Okay. Now, what's really funny is that when I go back and I don't listen to modern country at all. No, it's all that old album. But when stuff. I go back and listen, it's a lot of that stuff that I grew up in the car listening to with my dad. Okay. <laughs> so it's. <laughs> well, you're saying that, but the car, I remember listening to music with him the most. He had like this old like early mid 80s Monte Carlo mm-hmm. had an eight oh, track Monte Carlo <laughs> had an eight track tape player in it yes and there are places he had a Kenny Kenny Rogers Kenny Rogers greatest hits mm-hmm. and I still can't hear the gambler or without thinking or about, I know. or coward of the county mm-hmm. without the song fading away and in hearing the yeah and then back in yeah, and then fading back into the song 
And okay. if you don't know what an eight track is, you have missed out, my friend. Here's one for you. You remember Hoyt Axton? Oh yeah. Okay. You remember the song Dell and the Dealer? Yeah. Okay. That song is forever etched in my memory for one vacation that we took whenever I was probably six, seven years old, somewhere right in there, because sure. it was it was big at the time. And I remember it playing a lot and I loved that song. Yeah. I mean, it just loved that song. And so that I always associate those together. Anyways, so if I was in the car with dad and he was driving, sure. It was country music. No ifs and buts about it. I was in the car with mom. It was the oldie station, not classic rock, the oldie station. Oh yeah. So I got a lot of you know, Buddy Holly and you know Elvis and you know that kind of stuff. And they didn't really creep much past. You might get a, a little bit of early Beatles. Okay. You know, I want to hold your hand or she loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you didn't get much past that that early boy band Beatles stuff. You know, a lot of Frankie Avalon or, or Frankie Valley. Yeah. Uh, which one's the Four Seasons? Frankie, yeah. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Yeah. yeah. A lot of that type stuff. You know. <clears throat> Chuck Berry, you know, any 50s and early 60s. A lot of yeah. Motown, a lot of, you know, like, which is fine. I love all that stuff. So I didn't know popular music for like the first nine years of my life. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All I heard was country music or oldies channel. Well, and that's it. With Dad, I got country. Mm-hmm. Um, Another cassette that he had, the three cassettes or eight track cassettes I remember being in the car at all times mm-hmm. was that Kenny Rogers' Greatest Hits, Olivia Newton John Greatest Hits, oh, yeah. Alabama Greatest Hits. Yes, Alabama. Yes, Alabama, Alabama man. <laughs> oh, play me some mountain music. Yeah, that was yeah, a good oh, one. Oh, yeah, man. I remember I remember endless hearing that stuff. High Cotton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That was later. Well, that, yeah. That was still. much later. No, actually, from that, it was mountain music and. Uh, if you're going to play in Texas. you got to have a fill in the band. But yeah. no, what's the other one? Uh, the Love in the First Degree yeah. is one of them. Yeah, like that early it. Alabama love stuff. Love in the yeah. First Degree. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? It's uh, There was another one. Uh, yeah, they had they had a bunch of hits. Uh, some, um, Sweet Summer Night. Um, oh. I hate, I mean, yeah. Oh, Dixieland Delight. That's it. Dixieland Delight. That's yes, the one I'm that's, trying to yeah, think that's, of. Yeah, that's another one. They had a bunch of like big hits back then. Anyway. Now, with Mom, mm-hmm. it was a, a lot of the, the oldies, like you're right, talking right. about. But she also played piano. Okay. So there was a lot of classical. All right. And there was a lot of big band. Okay. Which I, you know, I still listen to big band. Mm-hmm. And, there, and there was some jazz. And okay. I like listening to jazz. I just can't play it. No, no. I, I, I've, I've tried, no, and I can't wire my brain that no, way. This no, no, I can't either. I, I am, I, I honestly, when it comes to, to playing music, I am very much wired into the intro verse, chorus, verse, very chorus, maybe a bridge, yeah. cor- a guitar solo, maybe, yeah. verse, or, or, or chorus. I mean, that very, that, that yeah. very, you know, yeah, that t- I, I know, I'm, I'm that, I, that's just the way I've always like music and the way I write it, you know, even so. No, you know, I like getting, you know, polyrhythmic and, mm-hmm. you know, I still like my prog rock stuff. Sometimes. But it depends know, on what qu- it is. Quite a bit, <laughs> quite a bit for me. Um, yeah. But true, honest, you know, jazz, mm-hmm. you know, the Coltrane stuff, the Miles Davis stuff, the Mingus or what, you Mingus, know. you know, getting into all of that stuff. You know, every drummer talks about Buddy Rich. You're right. Buddy Rich. I can sit and watch him all day long, 
but to be able to play anything that that man played for me is it feels like it's almost impossible. What about Gene Cooper? <sighs> Cooper, <laughs> actually Louis Belson. Yeah, Louis oh, Belson okay, was a big one because he's the one that basically came up with the double bass drum kit. You know, somebody who's a really good drummer that most people don't know, Mel Torme. Oh yeah, no, that was no, I was, was floored a the first time that I saw him play on something. Like, yeah, I knew him because of Night Court. Because, you know, like, Harry was, like, a huge Mel Torme fan. Oh, you yeah. Know? Okay. And then I saw him perform on, like, Ble- or on, uh, The Tonight Show one time. Yeah. And he started playing the drums. I was like, holy crap. I didn't realize how good. You know, they, they, at first, I didn't know he played drums. And secondly, I didn't realize how good he was. So. Oh, yeah. No. And and what a vocalist. Yes. Uh, you know. And what's funny is a lot of the, a lot of the musicians that we came up listening to. Oh yeah, they were inspired. They by those were inspired guys. by all those jazz guys. You know, Bill Ward from Black Sabbath. A lot right. of what he was doing is he was trying to emulate the jazz drummers, right? Right. Of you know what he grew up listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, the name just completely went out of my head, but you know, all those guys were inspired by the jazz guys. Now we're inspired by them, but they were more in the pocket guys, right? And the further forward we come, the more pocket oriented the drummers and all that sorry i'm getting off on a drummer tangent. <laughs> it's like yes you have two music nerds sitting here talking mm. shop so it's <laughs> sorry guys again we have a very small segment of our listening audience who's really enjoying <laughs> this right now and then there's like another small that's like sitting here screaming at us about how we don't know anything <laughs> and then there the rest of everybody's just going seriously what's the next episode like this is ridiculous <laughs> no and, and that's the funny thing is i'll admit i don't know anything though yeah. that's the only thing that i agree with is the older i get the less and less yes, i know that, that's okay um but so yeah so you got jazz and jazz and, and big band the big bands right you know. my other like the default yeah. was gospel music because that's the family i grew up in my dad was a choir director you know and, and you know music director and all that kind of stuff so i grew up with a lot of like southern gospel like quartet music you know see, the kingsman you know the spear family you know stuff like that i mean see, i really grew up with a lot of that what, so. what's funny is i didn't grow up with that I grew up singing it because okay. the church that we go to and, and went to back then was, it was all acapella and it was mm-hmm. all four part harmony. Yes, so he's church of Christ. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we, um, no instruments in the church, the devil's music. <laughs> and I grew up a drummer. How exactly. About that? exactly. Um, but you know, we, we ended up, you had to learn how to read music. You mm-hmm. had to learn how to do the parts, mm-hmm. you know, you, it's a lost art, but you know, at one point, oh, I, I actually kind of knew the shape notes a little bit because oh, yeah. I, I personally the went out. Stuff, I, I actually know. went out and did a little research yeah. on my own. But I wish I could sing harmony. It just does not come natural for me whatsoever. That, so that's the only reason I know how to do it because I've had to do it my entire right. life. Oh, I love hear people who have great harmonies. And, Eagles, you know, different oh, stuff like Seven that. Bridges Road. Yeah, some yeah. Of, some of the harmonies that you hear in in music, and I and like that's one thing in in a song. If all of a sudden everything breaks down into like this is just a harmony, like with layered harmonies. Yeah, I'm just like rewind it. I want to hear it again. Yeah, rewind. I want to hear. I want just want to hear that part again. I love it. It sounds amazing. So. But you know it. Because a lot of folks went to churches like that, right. where they had to learn the parts. Mm-hmm. You know, you came up with a lot of people being able to do, you know, four or five, six, you know, part right. harmony right. In, in a band. You know, and there's a lot of 70s bands that oh, yeah. are like that. Oh, yeah. But 
the the more you get into it to where less and less people are going to church and less and less mm. people are learning that you know right that right. that stuff you're not getting as much of the harmonies and right that and that's something i learned not not all that long ago that back i mean you're going back to the first part, yeah. the first part of the 20th century that there was a lot of like churches would have music like a whole week where like somebody would come in and teach everybody yeah. music like how to read music they would teach them how to sing harmony, you know, how to, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And that was kind of the, and then, the, you know, the next week they'd go to a different church and they'd do the same yeah. thing and the next week well, on and on and on. So that, that's how you ended up with a lot of the churches that are, you know, a four square. Right. Because, and the pre, you know, whoever was speaking would be in the middle because you'd have all the parts sitting in their own section. Right. And, oh, that's ever, interesting. and yeah. everybody, you know, everybody's sitting back, you know, with their arm, mm-hmm. you know, doing out the time, you know, and the sopranos would be over there and the tenors would be over right. there and the altos would be over there and the basses would be over there, you know, and everybody, and it's all by the shape notes and, you yeah, know, right. and you, you'd hear that mm-hmm. and then everybody'd start singing. Right. You know, well, that's so cool. That's how you ended up with awesome. a lot of that. So, yeah, I, I, I grew up with a lot of gospel music as well. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, there is a lot of really good music in gospel. Like even you know, even if you're not a religious person, yeah. If you just listen to the music itself, you know, just you know, you turn turn your brain off to the message or whatever, but just listen to the actual music, especially when you go back to a lot of that southern gospel and the quartet stuff. It's really good stuff and, and technically know? sound. And some of the like, you know, the Statler Brothers started <clears throat> off as a gospel quartet, and yeah. then they eventually crossed over to country music. Oak Ridge Boys started off as a gospel quartet, and then they crossed over into the the country music. You know, yeah. Uh, so they're you know, it's one of those things that you go back and, and even in rock and roll, Elvis started off. He wanted to sing gospel songs. Johnny Cash wanted to sing gospel songs. You know, well, and it's uh, Elvis even went back. To doing gospel, that's right. you know. He, oh, I know. He was doing rock and roll on the stage, but when they went back to the dressing room, oh, yeah. it was him. The Jordanaires, you know, were sitting right. back here around a piano singing gospel. I saw Tom Jones several years ago. That guy, that I guy can sing. Love me some Tom Jones. Okay, and he was when I saw him. This was in 2011. Okay, yeah. He was 72 at the time and still had the and pipes. Still had the pipes, but he was talking about it because he had just put out an album of gospel songs. And it was really cool. He talked about being in Las Vegas, working in the early 70s when Elvis came out there. Yeah. And going to the after shows and being in, you know, being in the, the hotel room with Elvis and then all sitting around singing gospel tunes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it was really, it was really interesting. You know, that's a, anyway, Elvis was another one that like in my house. Yeah. There were three people. Okay. There was Jesus. There was John Wayne, and there was Elvis Presley. <laughs> Merca. And depending on the day, would we determine which one was at the top of that pyramid? Okay, yeah. it, it's that. That's my mom saw Elvis back in the day. You know, went to nice. a concert. You know, that kind of stuff. My mom, my grandmother was a huge. Her her mom was yeah. a huge Elvis fan, and then one of her one of her nieces, my cousin. Regina was a huge Elvis fan as well. Yeah. So I remember very vividly when Elvis died because that was a major catastrophe around our house. I also remember very very vividly when John Wayne died. You know, like seeing it come across the television screen, you know, on the bottom. Yeah, I don't remember either one of those. I do because I remember my 
aunt and uncle and my cousins I was talking about earlier, yeah. where they were all over here and the, the the adults were around playing cards, playing rook because that's oh, what yeah. they did, you know. Everybody and we were kind of running around, and there was the little like the the way they used to do like the the, the do 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 you yeah. know type thing where it, and it, a thing ran across the bottom saying that John Wayne had died. Yeah. You know, he had cancer. You know, anyway, so I know we're off on a tangent again. Where this conversation started was I was nine years old before I ever discovered anything that was outside of oldies, country, or gospel. Yeah. We went to Panama City Beach with uh, another one of my aunt and uncles and my cousin David who I've kind of talked about before about yeah. one of my cool co- older cool cousins that is still cool in his fifties and yeah. I freaking hate him sometimes because of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, uh, he was he was he's I forget how many years older he is than I. He was a teenager, you know. Yeah. So we went down there. Blah blah blah. Well, this was the summer of '83. Okay. Michael Jackson was everywhere that we went. Oh yeah. We were staying in a hotel room that had free HBO and HBO was showing the video for beat it. Yeah. Like in between video in between, you know, I mean, it was like that song was everywhere. Oh yeah. And Michael, and then, you know, and then Billy Jean had come out a a little before that. And that had kind of started to peek into my like, Oh, who is this? You know, of course we still did. This is before we had cable. So we didn't have MTV or that kind of stuff. We did have Friday night videos. Friday night videos. What was that? ABC or NBC? NBC. 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 yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those things where that was that summer, that trip to Panama city and discovering Michael Jackson was the, Start. Oh yeah. Of me finding popular music or pop music, you and, know, and then Thriller dropped. Well, that's Thriller. That was yeah. And yeah. Thriller, the the video for Thriller, especially because again, I went to their house. Yeah. And David was like, "Hey, did you know that they have a video for Thriller?" And I'm like, "No." He's like, "Oh yeah, well, I record it because they had a VCR. We didn't have a VCR yet, you oh, know." Yeah. And so I remember sitting in their basement watching that full was it 13 minute video or whatever yeah. it is you know it's a really long you know and like just being on the edge of, literally on the edge of the couch the entire time of like this is the most amazing thing i've ever seen in my yeah, life and, and vincent you know? price <laughs> i know actually doing a, voiceover on it and i mean it, it's just we, one of which those, was crazy i knew who vincent price was when the oh, video yeah. came out because too. mom always right. had us watching all the exactly old movies. i had seen the fly i had seen all that oh, stuff yeah. you know so i knew who vincent price was but that was the beginning of I must consume everything. Yeah. Okay. So that means that over the next year, I discovered some new artist named David Bowie because he had the song called Let's Dance. Uh, no clue that Bowie had been around for over a decade, you oh, know, yeah. prior and didn't know any of that stuff. I discovered this really cool guy that who had these had this like funny way of dressing named Elton John with the song I'm Still Standing. Oh, yeah. And then there was this great new artist a couple of years after that that I was like, oh, man, she's got an amazing voice. She's got this song, Highway of, or uh, Freeway of Love, Aretha Franklin. Oh, Had yeah. no clue who okay. she was, even though, had no clue who she was, even though I had seen the Blues Brothers, <laughs> okay? <laughs> because I was that, like, stunned of learning about music. But the thing is, is that starting from that point yeah. on... I learned everything I could. I mean, I became obsessive over music. Oh, yeah. Uh, Here's another one. When the Stones put out Harlem Shuffle, 
You remember that song? Oh, yeah. Which is a terrible song? Yeah. I thought they were a new band. What? I had no clue. I had no I had no stones in my repertoire because I'd never heard any of their stuff. Yeah. You know? Um <laughs> And you talk, and you said that Paul McCartney, who's who introduced you to, uh, or, or no, it was Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson introduced you because of the say say say. Yeah. You know? Okay. So the funny thing about that is that even though I knew the Beatles, okay, oh, because yeah. my dad was a big Beatles fan, and so I'd heard this stuff, but I didn't know who any of the people in the Beatles were. No, I had no clue. I knew they had a drummer with a funny name, Rigo. You know, and that was yeah. about it. A few years. <laughs> This is so terrible. A few years later, I was watching something. It was Billy Crystal. Okay, he was doing his stand up. Yeah, and he was talking about his. I think it was his daughter. It was one of his kids talking about like, "Hey, did you know that that Paul McCartney was in a band before Wings?" And I was like, "Paul McCartney was in a band named Wings." You know, I mean, like I had no clue oh, about see, that. So I, I knew didn't about know that Wings. I knew. About but then, wings. whenever he said something about. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew he was in a little band. You know, she's like, yeah, some band called the Beatles or something like that. My my, my mind was blown. I was like, Paul McCartney <laughs> was in the Beatles. That was forever ago. What are we talking about here? You know, I mean, yeah. you're just like, <laughs> it's like, how old is this man? I know. And, and, and is so he it, getting his stuff from Dick Clark? Yeah. And so it was funny to like being very new. Oh yeah. Learning all there's, this stuff and then starting like, to put the pu- the puzzle pieces together of like oh this was here oh this was here yeah. oh this was here oh yeah I know what that is you I, know <laughs> it, it, it's something that we'll never get back but that that in, that joy of discovering all that yes. new music yes. and then discovering that there's so much stuff behind it that yes. you can go back and rediscover absolutely absolutely and that that's something I actually miss I do too you because know? there's there's not a whole you know, I know there's new music out there. Absolutely. And I know there's so much to to go back and listen to. Yes. But it's gotten to the point where it's almost, it's it's so easy to go and find new music. It's almost impossible to find right. something that you well, really like. I think it's, it, it too, it's not just that it's so easy to find new music. It's that there's so much of it out there. Yeah. It's hard to wade through it all. That is, and I've already said something about another podcast on here as it is but i'm gonna it's another one um adam duritz from counting crows i, I turned dave onto this not long ago yeah a great podcast he's got a podcast called the under underwater sunshine and basically um basically all he does is talk about music yeah and i've discovered several bands that i really love because of of him uh, you know in that podcast um uh, a band called sunflower bean and another one um um, there's Ryan Hamilton and the Harlequin Ghost, you know, yeah. and it's one of those things, and, and several other ones that I'm not going to like run down the list. I would, but I would suggest if you really like music and discovering new music, Mean Creek, yeah, Mean Creek, was you know, one that I discovered one. On there. I'll tell you somebody who I've rediscovered listening to to that one is uh, Warren Zevon. Like I'd always kind of liked him, but I didn't realize how much I really liked him until, oh, no. until he, yeah, and and like. Yeah, I'm just like yes. Let's listen to this. You know, so. no Warren Zevon, just am- I know, amazing. So, um, what a songwriter. Yeah, I know. So I'm, I've got one more story right. of discovering someone who I still really like. All right. Okay. So growing up, or maybe not growing up, but like when I got to that where I must consume everything, and you know, when I got into my teen, my years and you know I'd go to the mall with my friends and stuff like that of course we'd always go to the record stores always mm-hmm. you know and yeah. you know that's Camelot and um, 
sound the what was it the sound oh you were in a big town because you had all the good yeah we had a you had the sound eye. bar it wasn't a sound bar it was the sound oh, i can't believe i can't remember the name of it. but we had a record bar had was a, the name oh, record, record bar. bar was the other one it was um, the you the had a turtles eventually we had cats first cats, cats records yeah. and tapes which became turtles which eventually turned back into cats, cats. again uh, anyway, so it was one of those things. That there, there were three stores. Yeah. That, that, and and so we I, we would always go to all of them and kind of look and see what they had, you know, all that kind of stuff. And there was this one artist that I would always see because it was in the M's and it was really close to where the Metallica would be. Okay. And I kind of knew about him because he had shown up on the back of some comic books that I had read in the mid-'80s where he was giving away a new album for like something it was some charity you know like if you if you you know flip out this coupon and and donate five dollars to this charity i'll send you my new album you know type thing you send a self-addressed stamped envelope and all yeah. that but i never heard meatloaf <laughs> until i was out of high school really i was dating a girl who she was going to school in cookful at tennessee tech yeah and so one Sunday night, I drove her back up there, and I was on the way back, and it was just, I've got an hour drive, basically, you know, down 40 or forty west, back to, you know, back to Nashville, yeah. and I was listening to the radio, because that's what you did back in those days. Yeah, that's, that's all you had. <laughs> and the local, the, the classic rock station at the time, which was 104.5, which now is, it's changed. It, it's you a know, sports it's, talk it's, it's, radio. Yeah, now, anyways. That's all. Anyways, they had this Sunday night show called. Um, oh, are you talking about Rewind? Rewind was it what? Rewind where they would they would play Re- a whole hour? It was it was an hour long show. Had a r- really deep voice guy. No, well, I don't was, know. This was this was a uh, it was a Westwood One show. Yeah, it was to, Rewind. Okay, that's and they would sit down and talk about an album. Yeah, or with the artist. So this one, Meatloaf, and I remember like when they said Meatloaf, I was like, oh God, man, really? That what is it with this guy that? Anyway, for that hour that I drove back, I listened to that show and absolutely fell in love with Bat Out of Hell. Well, yeah. I had never heard any of his stuff prior to that. I had heard... The only one that I know for sure that I had heard was Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. See, that's a great song. But I was even like... "Eh." on it you know see I, that little radio station in kentucky mm-hmm. you, the songs i remember playing on it are um you know another one bites the dust mm-hmm. um another brick in the wall um something by kiss i, I can't remember what it was by kiss was it and i want to rock and roll all night party yeah, every day probably because yeah, that's like they're kind of their big, and then meatloaf two out of three ain't bad yeah they would play that stuff all the time yeah, yeah. so over the course of that hour, I absolutely fell in love with that album. The next day, you went out and got I it. I went and bought it. I listened to it and listened to it, and I kept. I, I, I. This is in the fall of '92 when this happens, and I'm like late in the fall, like maybe in November or sure. something like that. And I'm like telling everybody dude you need to listen to this you need to listen to this you know, everybody's, everybody's like, like nah whatever you know and like so i i would i did not go directly into school like into college after i graduated i took a semester off i went back in in the spring of 93 
Yeah. Okay. And I remember even then, like, really kind of wearing some people out about, dude, you need to listen to this. You need to listen to this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I heard that he's got a new album coming out here before long. Bad out of hell, too. too. Which, if you remember, in the fall of 93, when that album hit, he was everywhere. Oh, yeah. Where. So I had, I got just ahead of the curve on the yeah. loaf of. <laughs> Which. That album wasn't really truly an album. It was kind of a conglomeration of which one? Uh, Bad Out of Hell too. Oh yeah, it was. It, yeah. it was like part of one album and part of another album and part uh, of another album. And I don't know. It wasn't complete. It was an. It's a whole album. It's a it whole is. album, but it, it was bits and pieces of other albums. No. Yeah. It was. I it was songs know. that Jim Lehrer had written for Jim Steinman. Jim. Jim. I don't know yeah. where my mind is tonight. <laughs> Jim Steinman had written for other stuff, and they'd kind of taken them because oh, Meatloaf that, and that Jim may be. they hadn't talked to each other in years. No, at that and point. they were fighting, right? And right. So they'd taken all these and, bits know, and pieces and Steinman put them together had, into that album. Steinman had written other really popular songs. Yeah, he wrote um, um, "Total Eclipse of the Heart," which was a huge hit. He wrote um, uh, "The Air That I Breathe." Yeah, no. No, making love out of nothing at all. That's the one he wrote. Yeah, he wrote that song. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah he wrote okay. that one. No, because the reason why I said that is because we had the conversation earlier about. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. it was making love out of nothing at all. He wrote that one, which was another big hit. He wrote holding out for a hero. I need a hero. Oh yeah, from uh, uh, from the show but, Airwolf. No, well, I think it was yeah. used there, but it was actually from the Footloose soundtrack. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and then I'm trying to think. Oh, and then later. He wrote the Sling Dion song, the uh, It's All Coming Back to Me Now. Yeah. And I remember like hearing that song the first time and going, that has to be a Jim Steinman song because well, it's all that, that, that dramatic piano and the buildup and the, like the, you know, the very, like the, you know, the, well, the if dynamics. You listen to that song and, yeah. and you listen to the meatloaf thing, uh, I'll do anything for right. love. They're very similar. Very, I know. Very, very similar. similar. And yeah. But it's, yeah. And, and there's some other ones I would have like, I guarantee you, if we looked into all the songs that he wrote, he'd written, you'd be oh. like, "Oh, I know that one. Oh, yeah, I know that I know one. That I know one. that one. I know that one." So, and then "Bad Out of Hell" three came out, and that one's that was years later, and it's terrible. Okay, no, wait a minute, really? I, I actually, didn't, I didn't care for it much. Really? So, I mean, no. John five helped write a lot of that and uh, played on a lot of it. I, I didn't care for it much. I because you know, on that one, he does a duet of "It's All Coming Back to Me Now" with yeah. um, what's her name, Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, is on that. And it's like, eh, it's... Once again, a clump. Oh, no, 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 that's a different... No, it wasn't. It was, what's her name? It wasn't Jennifer Hudson. It was um, no. the girl from M to M. Girl from what? M to M. It was... You probably have no idea who I'm, she I'm is. I'm getting the magic uh, box out. Once again, three three was a conglomeration. Three of, definitely was him them bringing a bunch of stuff together. Yeah. There's Ty Cobb. Life is a Lemon, Ty Cobb. Uh, I'm not seeing a duet. Battle of the Hill 3, Back into Hell. No, 2 was Back into Hell. No. 3 was like the monster is least or something. No, I am. I'm looking at the wrong one. Yeah. I'm trying to. It's been a while. I mean, and there was an album in between that. You know, Welcome to the Neighborhood came out. The next year, or the couple of years after that, and had a couple of hits. Um, I don't remember what they were off the top of my head, but anyway. But yeah, Meatloaf was one of those like I never thought I would like this per this artist. 
and I wound up loving him. Evidently, so, three is not on Spotify at all. Yeah, see, you keep going to Spotify. You should go to like all music or something. Well, Spotify is my go-to. <laughs> Hold on, I'll it's what tell I you. listen to. Well, you know how I was talking about the you know school bus uh-huh. was a big place for me to find new music. Well, it it was funny because I was in like junior high. But there was this, you know, of course, we're talking about church. There was this family that we went to church with, and there was this girl, you know, that was, you know, daughter yeah, of the family. Yeah, it's out of three, the monster is loose. Yeah, that's, that's the name it, of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. Uh, anyway, it's all coming back to uh, Marion Raven. That's her name. Oh, yeah, there we go. Who was, they, at the time, they were <clears throat> trying to, like, reinvent her as some kind of, like, Avril Lavigne rock. Yeah. Not really Avril Lavigne, but trying to have more of a rock. You know, whatever. Uh, that there was a the future ain't what it used to be. That was a duet with Jennifer Hudson. That's what it yeah, was. And this go. was like right after she had been on American Idol, right. and you know before she won her Oscar and all that stuff. So anyway, so anyway, there was this you know this girl you know that was part of this family, and you know the bus rides were always forever. Mm-hmm. And somehow I ended up sitting, and she was in high school. Mm-hmm. But you know, she I'll go after older woman. <laughs> I, well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't even that. It was like her her hair was a different color, and she oh, wore okay. a lot of band concerts, right? And black jeans, and yeah, you know, I was always trying to talk to her about music. And we ended up sitting next to each other on the school bus. You know, even though I was in junior high and she was in high school, mm-hmm. and I had my boombox, and she didn't like what I was playing, so she handed me a cassette tape. And that's where I got my introduction to like the Smiths okay. and the Cure. Oh, okay. And, you know that. Yeah, yeah. That whole so, you know, "Girlfriend in a Coma" is still one of my favorite songs <laughs> to this day. The Cure is one of those bands that they were Susie always banshees. Oh, yeah, yeah. Peekaboo. That was my first introduction to them, and I know they were around before that. Yeah, and they had some good stuff, but that was my first. Like I remember hearing that on the radio, like on our, our like our local pop station yeah. played it one night when I was, I was like, "What is this? Yeah, this is this is weird." And I remember like going to school the next day, and some people that were there that were a little more in tune with the quote unquote alternative music at the time was this was still in the eighties, like yeah. the very late eighties, you know? And they were like, can you believe they were playing Susie and the Banshees on pop station and blah, blah, blah. You know? And I was like, I really like that song. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, of course yeah. they were all like, whatever, you know, <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> they were the same ones that were listening to the Smith and the cure yeah. and you know, all that kind of stuff, which I Depeche wasn't into Mode. yet. Depeche, well, Depeche Mode had crossed over by that point. Well, and not, not the point that, I was being introduced to him okay. at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all that all that type stuff. Right, right. So that um yeah, I agree. I miss having I mean, I, you know, with podcasts and Spotify and all that stuff, but I really miss that the discovery part that of that discovery of having hearing, to dig for it and go through the magazines and maybe I mean maybe not that, but just hearing something that changes a part of you that excites you yeah that, that just excites you you're like oh i got to hear everything that they've done or or i want to see this person in concert or i want to write songs like that or try to write songs like that or whatever you i know? haven't had that happen to me in yeah it's because we're old <laughs> it's because we're old <laughs> and if there are any kids out there listening i have a really bad thing to tell you about getting old you start losing some of that sense of wonder that you used to have and and it sucks 
I'll admit it. No, it there doesn't. are a lot of things that are good about becoming an adult and getting older and becoming comfortable in your skin. You know, like health insurance. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just talking about just like becoming comfortable in your skin. Oh, yeah. No matter what. And just being like, no, this is who I am. I'm not, I'm no longer identifying myself you're, by being a headbanger or an alternative guy or, or whatever. You're no it's longer like, trying to figure out who you are. You've pretty much. you figured out who you are. Wait, it's not yeah. that you've figured out who you are. You've kind of grown into what you are. Exactly. And accepted where you're at. Right. And that whole when you get older, things get better a lot. Most, a lot of a times. A lot of times. And that's not 100%, but again, I'm just an old guy talking into a microphone now saying, hey, you kids, you need to listen to this because I would have never listened to this either. But, <laughs> but no, it, it is In one fact, of, but, I would have looked at you and said, screw you, old man. I know. I'm, I'm never going to. I'm never going to be like that. I'm always going to. And I remember saying stuff like, no, I'm always going to be listening to like new current, you know, whatever the good music is. Yeah, well, you know no. what? I don't. And it's not for lack of wanting to it's more for you be, you just you know more about what you like yes and you become more selective into what you're listening to exactly which unfortunately leads you back into listening to all to of the, the stuff, stuff that you, you know do. yeah i know and and, and i and find myself when i do listen to music it's usually not something newer it's something yeah. from when I was either in high school or college. And Usually it's more when I was in college than high school. It's more about comfort than it is actually mm-hmm. discovery. You, mm-hmm. And I don't know, I guess I'm going to have to force myself to go back out and start trying to discover <laughs> new music again. I know, again. I know, because I know there's good stuff out there. I hear it every once in a while. Yeah. You know, like I said, I've discovered a couple of new bands that are pretty cool. But I'll admit that I don't get quite that same charge that I used to get no. from new music. And I think, and I know that there's a lot to do with being young, and you associate the music with certain times in your life. Yeah. Even at that time, you will, whatever's going on in your life, you'll figure out how that music enhances it. Yeah. Whether it's a good time or a bad time, even it, it's or about, whatever it is, it, it's you're basically building your own personal soundtrack. Exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. It, it, it's the soundtrack to your life. And that is well, that how is cliche, how cliche is, but that? it's true. Yeah. I know, it, I know, I know. It sounds cliche, but that, I mean, I can't think of a better way of putting it. It you are building the soundtrack to your life through the music that you discover when you're, yeah, when you're a teenager and 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 into your twenties and and sometimes even into your thirties. It depends. Some people, I know a couple of people who have never stopped discovering new music. I wish I could find them. Uh, yeah, and it's I'd awesome. Pick their brain. It's awesome. Now, admittedly, there's been some times when I've been around those people and they start playing whatever they thought was good, the new stuff, and it just, to me, it just sounded terrible, you know. But every once in a while, I would hear something. I'm like, oh wait, that okay? I get it. Yeah. And you know, I wish we're we're ending this on a, on a kind of a down note, unfortunately. <laughs> but but the thing is, is that even without that that charge of discovery that you have when you're young discovering, you know, you know, when you're really starting to get into music, whenever, you know, music is life, you know, or or it's, it's the thing that defines you or or whatever. It's still kind of one of those things that you'll be surprised when you will hear something and it will catch you. And I'll tell you an example, a recent one for me. Um, did you watch the show, um, uh, 13 reasons why? On Netflix, no, you know what I'm talking about. Though. I do know okay. what you're talking about. So I I didn't watch it when it initially hit. Like I, it was 
a year or so after it had been out. And I finally, I was like, one weekend, I'm like, I got nothing to do. I keep hearing this thing's good. I'll watch it. The Lord Huron song that was on, that's on that, that like the first time I heard it, I was like, what is this? And it was kind of cool because uh, the name of the song is The Night We Met. That's the title of the song. Yeah. And listening to it, even without, like, that was the very first time I'd heard that song, watching that show. And I, it took me back to a time and place of being a teenager again. Like, it, it without knowing the words, without any of that kind of stuff, because I was just kind of hearing it, and it really was the tune, and it was, like, the melody and the, the music and all that it kind was, of stuff. It was the whole... It really was. Yeah. And then, like, later, I was like, I what are the lyrics? I need to see what this is, you know? Yeah. But it was just kind of one of those things where it was like, no, this right here takes me back to being a teenager. It, it was the whole ambiance. Exactly. Exactly. And... So it's one of those things that you still get that. Yeah. You know? It's just that, unfortunately, when you get older, you have to. You either have to be surprised by it, like that did, yeah, or you have to really, really, really dig for it. For it. <laughs> and when you find them, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, like in my thirties, when I was kind of first coming to terms with all this, is when I discovered Damien um, Damien Rice. Oh, okay. And that first album, oh just floored me. I listened to it for a solid year. Really? Over and over and over and over and over again. And I mean, it, and it is one another one of those things. It really just captured a moment in my life. Maybe I need you know? to go back and listen to it because um, it really didn't do anything for dude, me when I listened to it. It, it, it. it got me. You know, so it's one of those things that, yeah, even as an adult, you'll find the stuff. You'll be surprised what you find that you really like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I might actually turn out to like country music at some point. I don't know. I've heard that it's the, it's the, the music for old people. I don't know. It's <laughs> not the stuff that's being produced today. I'm well, looking at you, music girl. I still listen to a lot of older country. and Yeah. Hey, I don't care how old I get. Every time that I hear flowers on the wall yeah. by the Sattler Brothers, I'm cranking it. Oh, Which yeah. was funny when I saw Pulp Fiction, and we're sitting in. I was I was twenty years old, okay, yeah. and we're sitting there, and then that scene, and whenever Bruce Willis turns the radio and that comes on, I started yeah. singing in the theater, and my friends looking at me going, "How do you know this?" I was like, "How do you not know this?" Statler Brothers. <laughs> it's like I grew up listening to this stuff. What yeah, are you talking about? Absolutely. <laughs> that that whole album, that entire. I know the Al Green. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. Let's yeah, stay together. Let's stay together. When it came on, yeah. oh well, the I, I know. Well, the uh, the the Ricky Nelson I'm song so on there. In love with yeah. you. The Ricky Nelson song, Lonesome Town. Yeah, gorgeous song. You Absolutely. know, and again, I knew some Ricky Nelson stuff because I grew up on yeah. reruns of The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. Yeah, you know, because they used when we were kids, they used to show that stuff. You know, Nick at Night, folks. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, now that we've rambled and gotten way off topic, topic, go out and listen to some music. That's all I'm saying. Go. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're a teenager, you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, if you, whatever. If you're in your 30s, 40s, and 50s. Especially if you're go, old like us. Go and get some of that music that you used to listen to and right. introduce... You know, some of the younger folks to the the old stuff. And let's end on, and I'll say this, and let's kind of end on this. Sure. Recently, and it's not for everybody, but in the last couple of years, I've really gotten into vinyl. 
which is funny because Dude, I never left vinyl because quite honestly, I had a copy of the Eagles hotel California when I was young on vinyl. Yeah. I bought it on cassette later yep. because I wanted to listen to it when I was out and about. Bought I bought it, it on CD. CD. Eventually I took that CD and ripped it into my iTunes to where I had it yep. digitally. And you know what? Now I'm back to the vinyl again. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> I, it, you but know, here's, well, here's what I was getting to going and getting that stuff. I have, okay, look, I have heard the hotel California album. Yeah. Not just the song, but the album. I could not tell you how many times, but I don't listen to music as much as I used to. But when I got that out, when I got that vinyl, mm-hmm. you know, when I got that vinyl of that, that, I hate to say that vinyl because it's such a hipster thing to say. Well, when I got that, that album yeah. okay, on vinyl and put it on the turntable and started listening to it, I started hearing it differently. Partly because I had given it enough time since the last time I had heard it yeah. to where I could rediscover what it sounded like. And also because... And, and I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, vinyl superior sound quality. No, it's, it's not. not. But I will say this. That album was recorded and mastered for vinyl. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what was a, the, 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 the dominant you know, media at the time. So it sounds like it's supposed to sound. It's not compressed well, like you would hear on a CD. It's not, it's well, not although, perfect like you would the, hear in a digital remaster. It's got, yeah. it breathes, it has life, it, you know, it, there are even mistakes on it, and you can hear them if you listen really closely. Music so. isn't supposed to be perfect. It is not. And I, I can't get that across to enough of the, 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 I keep, hate, I hate saying the younger folks. I know. Because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm that old. But we are. But we are. <laughs> but we're both approaching 50 very quickly. Oh, so. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I don't mind saying it because no, I'm happy to be alive. No, okay? don't. It's a, <sighs> good Lord. But, um, you know, music's not supposed to be perfect. No, it's not. It, in, you know, I don't know if. I know you know what I'm talking about when I say Uncanny Valley. Yes, I understand that. But you know, and I think they do too because you almost, get that a lot in movie you, now. You're, 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 CGI. you're talking so, about CGI. Right. You're talking about robotics. You can't get over the Uncanny Valley. We're talking music about music is getting to the point to where it's not able to cross the Uncanny Valley because it's too right. It's gotten too perfect. It, it music's supposed to be messy. I'll tell it's you, it's supposed to be broken. It, it, it's supposed right. to be. You're supposed to hear the rattles and the buzzes, and you know right. that's rock and roll. And if you ever listen to Led Zeppelin, you will hear that for some reason in the entire you know twelve years that they were together, no one ever told John Bonham to you know to put hey put some WD forty on that kick that kick pedal because that, it squeaks that, every time. That Ludwig Speed King. <laughs> that Ludwig Speed King. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. And, and legit, this is what we're going to end on. What you were just talking about, like that uncanny valley, yeah, and you know, music's not supposed to be perfect, and it, you know, and digital, the way that that things are recorded these days, and I'm not saying yeah. analog was better, I'm just saying that it was different. It was different, and but with digital, you can go in and you can legitimately, with certain programs, make everything perfect. Yeah, it is the equivalent of motion smoothing. Yeah on a tel- like a television you know that comes straight out of the box you know these days and it looks it just does not look right it looks there's something off about it the, the, the yeah. blah 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 it's the equivalent of that and i know that if there are any young, younger listeners they know what i'm talking about when i say yeah. that so go back and listen to music that's all i'm that's all dave and i are both saying 
Go listen to music. Whatever it is, if you've listened to it 10,000 times, listen to it 10,001. And, and here's the thing. Music isn't supposed to be listened through earbuds. Music, no, it, it's not. Part of listening, uh, part of listening is feeling that sound wave coming over you. Yeah. So if you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of building a big home stereo system. I'm not talking about the 5.1 surround no, thing. No, no. I mean, I'm it, talking about true, honest to God stereo speakers. <laughs> let that stuff roll across right, you. Let it right. roll across you at a semi-loud volume. Yeah. Don't you know, just let it go in your ears. Maybe not Feel just it through earbuds, your bones, but you know, maybe get some actual earphones, like the big, you know, that cover over your the whole ear. ear you know, because that again, help. again, a lot of those old albums were rec- were mastered for that because that was the way yeah. things were at the time. So you know, don't anyway, don't just listen with your ears. Feel listen it, with your heart, man. Feel it in your bone. I know that that might be the most cliche thing I've ever said. Right there is listen with your heart, yeah. but it really is that kind of stuff. If you're listening now, look, we're old and cliche. Lots it's, of cliches. It's like a lot, and I'm saying this because I myself have done this. I have listened to bands that I thought I was supposed to listen to. We all have. That after a while, I'm like, you know what? I really just don't like this. Yeah. Why am I listening to it? Or maybe even a band that you do like, and they have a song that you just keep, you listen to it because, well, it's, it's a band I like, but do you really like the song? You know, I've, you know, earlier I talked about you know, being a big U2 fan. You know yeah. what? I haven't bought their last two or three albums because I've listened to them and I didn't like them. See, so, and, I, and I'm not, you're, you are not required to buy everything by a band just because you like them. Check out everything that they do, well, but determine what you like and what you don't like. There, there's one album in particular with U2 that you were just huge on. Mm-hmm. Like you would buy copies of it and hand <laughs> the it Joshua out. The Joshua Tree. Yeah, there you go. I used yeah. to give them out for Christmas every year. I, I have a copy yeah. that you gave to me. I know. And I'm like, yeah, this is okay. See, I love that album. See, so for bad. me, it was... For you, it's not so much. For I get me, it, it was so. Rattle and Hum. Rattle and Hum's a good because one. Because I actually went and saw the movie in the theater. Right. At that little now, movie I, theater in Illinois that was on the square with all the neon and all that. Right. You know, if I really don't like somebody, I might buy them a copy of No Line on the Horizon. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> oh. And on that note, this is the Project X podcast. We are two old guys who have just rattled on for over an hour about music. Get off my lawn. <laughs> so anyways, if you want to contact us, tell us about your tell us about the bands you love. Give us recommendations. Actually, please give yes, us recommendations. Actually, give us recommendations. I, I need new music. Yeah, uh, you can get us at Twitter or at, uh, at well, I was going to say our our website is uh, um, projectxpod.com. Our Twitter is project is at projectxpod. Yeah. Um, our Facebook page is Project X um, podcast. Podcast. Uh, you can um, you can actually get me on Twitter. Yeah, you at can email Big Dave us. X Pod. Yeah, you can you can email. You can get me, but it's basically email the pro, the podcast at projectxpod at gmail dot com. Give us your suggestions. Tell us we're stupid. Whatever it is, you know. So we already know we're stupid. So and let me tell you, a song that still gets me to this day. Yeah, to this day, and you brought them up earlier. The Cure's "Pictures of You." Oh, anytime yeah. I hear that song, that song is thirty ish years old, thirty plus years old. But I tell you, it gets me. Every time that I yeah. hear that song, I'm just like, no, I'm sitting right here for the next three minutes. Yeah. I'm sitting right here inside this song. So if you haven't ever listened to it before, go check out The Cures. 
I forget. I think is that on disintegration? I think it is. If, I don't care. We have is. to look at it. If that you might, have, if you have, go check out anything by the Cure. You, it's fine. No, <laughs> if you're going to do Cure, go get disintegration. Yes, I agree with the guys from South Park. That's the look, greatest, one of the greatest albums. Co- ever. Yeah. I know. I agree with that. But yes, we all have those songs that you sit inside, and yeah. I'm gonna. And actually, you know what? <clears throat> when I edit this, I'm gonna leave you with a little bit of that one. So, no, oh, I was gonna say <laughs> cure up the the cliche David Bowie at this point. Uh, I think Bowie. I love David Bowie. Yeah. I love David Bowie, but I will admit David Bowie is not for everyone. No. So, and it took me a lot of years to get into Bowie. Really? A lot of years before I really like, I knew some of the surface stuff, like you know, the Let's Dance and all that stuff. But it took me years to actually like, oh, I get this. That was one of them I had to work at. I had to work at that one. But when it clicked, I was like, oh my god, how did I, how did I not get this yeah. before? <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so anyway, guys, we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Bye.